So, a traditional Jewish, Christian, and Muslim. Atheist and agnostic as well as many times. You used to do yoga, right? A little bit, yeah. Were you any good at it? No, that's why I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't handle feeling like a poser? Exactly. <laughs> I'm Katie. I'm Preston. Welcome to, to the, the Holy, Holy Watermelon, Watermelon Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> no, I was terrible at yoga. I got sick of not getting any better at it. Oh. It was my problem. Okay. I see the value in doing it. I'm sure it helps a lot of people. Sure. But. What's the difference between yoga and Pilates? Pilates, traditional Pilates actually uses machinery. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. You can do Pilates without machines, but like. My knowledge of Pilates is strictly limited to one episode of Corner Gas that came out like 15 years ago. And you couldn't call it Pilates because everyone thought of Pilate, the guy who was responsible for Jesus' death. So they called it Matt Class. (laughs) Which, since that's the only thing I know about Pilates, there's no visible difference. I don't know a ton about Pilates either, (laughs) if I'm being completely honest. I know more about yoga and even more. Now that we've done some research. Now that we've done this episode. So, (laughs) we wanted to tackle this because yoga is a really big part of Hinduism. And most people, I think, don't even realize how much it is part of Hinduism. So when I was going through the notes, I had some just questions came to my mind, things to keep in the back of my mind, and I don't know if we have any answers for these. We'll see what we can do. But I was thinking, you know, does doing yoga make you Hindu? Or are you actively practicing Hindu traditions? If you're practicing Hindu traditions, does that make you Hindu? (laughs) Can you separate your workout from a religious tradition? And... What if we did something like this to a different faith, like Christianity, for example? And I say what what we did, what we do to this is westernizing, commercialized, which we'll get into. But you mean like Christmas? I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe that's a great, uh, great parallel. Maybe. uh, Let's just. I want everyone to keep those questions in their back of the mind, back of your mind, while you're listening to this episode. Yeah, (laughs) I like it. Do you have any initial thoughts before we dive in? It's like anything related to religion. It's tricky. And complicated. (laughs) And a spectrum. Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yoga is incredibly old. As far as its origins, we don't actually know. There's a couple of schools of thought on whether it's actually the same thing that came with the Vedic religions from the Aryans as they came into the Indus Valley. And there's some scholars who think, no, it was probably already among the Indian people before the Aryans brought their religion. And It's so old. There's no way to know. Exactly. It's a little bit frustrating that way. (laughs) Yoga is one of the six darshana of Hinduism, which is literally a school. It's a school of thought. It literally translates to seeing. So it's one of the six big pillars it's kind Hinduism. of a big deal. Yeah, it's a very big deal. And it's, if you read, so I read the Bhagavad Gita earlier this year, they mention yoga constantly in it. This is not just an exercise in their world. It's a deeply religious activity. So in the West, in North America, we have westernized the term yoga to basically refer to Hatha yoga. If you're a yogi, there are other types of yoga, but generally we're referring to Hatha yoga, posture-based physical exercises and relaxation and some meditation. Traditionally, yoga is a meditation practice to help you release you from from your worldly possessions. Stop thinking about material things and just be a spirit on the wind. And you know why this is extra ironic? Why is that? Because Western yoga, which I don't love that term, but we're going to refer to it as that, is gatekept by upper middle class white women. <laughs> and <laughs> it's highly have commercialized. You got to have the mats. You got to have Lululemon pants. Yeah. If you're spending $120 <laughs> on yoga pants, I, you're not doing it right because you're supposed to be released from, from that. <laughs> anyway. Oh, the irony. 
<laughs> what a world. <laughs> so I, I, I do think it's a great fitness practice. Not for me, but I have tried it. Uh, but I think it is negligent of us to disregard its Hindu origins and to westernize those Hindu origins. Absolutely. There's, there's often talk about cultural appropriation, and I have mixed feelings about actual appropriation, like converting your practices from one thing to another, in theory, should be fine. But cultural misappropriation, where you straight up bastardize something, is a huge problem. Yeah, and the other two terms I've heard is appropriation versus appreciation. Yeah, right. And so that's sure. a good. I like appropriation and misappropriation too. Yeah. Um, so that we've got three things: you can appreciate a thing and not make it yours. Yeah. You can take a thing and make it yours legitimately, or you can take a thing and really abuse wreck it, it. <laughs> and wreck it, like taking a whole culture and saying you're really no good for anything except for on Halloween when I can dress up as you and make fun of you. Yeah. That's a problem. That is a huge problem, yeah. Absolutely. And so this is one of the latter ones, I'd say. I'm, I'm currently, personally, at an intellectual point where I have it somewhere in between appropriation and misappropriation. And I guess it depends. If you're actively doing yeah, it. Yeah, and I mean, I guess some of it depends on who you talk to, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to be so narrow. Of course, there could be white... Anglo-Saxon-descended Hindus, right? You can absolutely convert to Hinduism. So I don't want to be like, parts you can't. parts of India that are pretty pale. Yeah, or, <laughs> I mean, you can be whatever of... Thanks to well, English like, settlers and yeah. invaders. Right, but even, you know, here in Canada, where you and I are both of pretty British descent, yep. uh, you know, we could absolutely convert to, uh, to I was going to say Islam, convert to Hinduism. We could convert to Islam, too. Right. But convert to Hinduism... And that would fall on the appreciation scale because it's yeah. your religion. But I would say the majority is more. It's a little that. less friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's definitely people who, of course, there has to be people who, air quotes, do it right. But, yeah, I think where it's, it's disrespectful to say it doesn't have a religious foundation. Right. It's kind of frustrating to see something so completely divorced from its origins. Well, and we're going to later in this episode get into some of the the debate of, you know, yoga in schools because mm-hmm. is it religious or is it not religious? And <laughs> I've got thoughts on that I do one. <laughs> I do too and they're very confusing thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so in the From the Pasupata Sutra, it says, In this system, yoga is the union of the self and the Lord. And I want to clarify for our predominantly Christian background audience, even if you're not Christian, you're familiar with the Christian background being in North America and the English-speaking world. The Lord here is not Jesus or Jehovah or Yeshua or Yahweh. The Lord here is definitely Shiva, mm-hmm. the destroyer god of Hinduism. Uh, he's the one who takes old things and breaks them down to become stronger, newer, better things, which makes some good sense if you know anything about yoga <laughs> or, you know, the need to exercise and become better. Breaking down my muscle knots <laughs> and turning them into something better. Right? Something lean and useful. Oh, I wish. Right. (laughs) Uh, From the Linga Purana, it says, By the word yoga is meant nirvana, the condition of Shiva. So if we are going to approach Shiva and be like him, yoga is the way to do that. It's basically telling you to be godlike. Right. It doesn't get much more spiritual than that, I don't think. Right. Then those two, those two stuck, just stuck out, stuck out to me the most reading through the scriptures on yoga as like, okay, this is like, ha ha. Sure. They're pretty strong words and actually pretty well organized thoughts. Yeah. I like it. And I think they're not, you know, they're worded in a way that 
any religious person could find a parallel in their right. in their faith if they're not Hindu. They're accessible faith statements. Thank you. Yeah, right? <laughs> the condition, right? By the word nir- yoga is meant nirvana, the condition of Shiva. Like, that sounds like they talking about Jesus. Right? Yeah. It's being heavenly. Yeah. So serious yogis agree in disapproving the use of yoga yogic methods for worldly purposes. Like I. fitness. fitness. <laughs> and this is... Some of this is just semantics, which is where the school debate, which we'll get into, kind of gets kind of gray. <laughs> so yoga, as you find it in a gym, is actually asana, which is a, a piece of yoga. Sure. The physical and asana is the physical posture aspect of yoga. So HinduAmerica.org says, while practicing asana for improved health is perfectly acceptable, it is not the goal or purpose of yoga. It's just a thing to do. Yeah. So it's like a square is a rectangle. I need to make a shirt of this. I say this all the time. But a rectangle is not a square. Mm-hmm. So asana is the square and yoga is the rectangle. I get you. I know you do. Because I make this reference. Every other episode. And then another quote from Prashant Iyengar, Iyengar, pardon me, Prashant Iyengar, who is a prominent figure in yoga, says, We cannot expect that millions are practicing real yoga just because millions of people claim to be doing yoga all over the world. What is spread all over the world is not yoga. It is not even non-yoga. It is un-yoga. Those are strong those words. Are, those are fighting words. <laughs> um, That's like, is un-yoga like the step before straight up anti-yoga? What? <laughs> At that point, I think that's just eating chips on a couch, which I'm... <laughs> I'm pretty good at that, too. <laughs> but I guess, yeah, absolutely. If the goal of yoga is to become more godly and to basically, in your meditation, enter the spirit world, leave your worldly possessions behind, then, yeah, downward dog ain't doing that. Nope. <laughs> I'm not more in my body than when I'm doing downward dog. <laughs> fuck. 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 Tell us to change. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, some some serious physical stress until you get real good at it. Yeah, right. (laughs) So there's this feeling among Hindus in the West, or or so I've been told, that we have wrecked yoga so much and turned it into this weird commercialized thing that we don't really see it as the amazing gift that it was from India and the Vedic tradition. Unfortunately, there are negative stereotypes for people of South Asian descent And it's this issue of not giving credit where it is due and letting those negative stereotypes be at the forefront. And yoga as this entirely separate thing. It's just, hey, thanks for the one thing and everything about you is trash. Not even thanking them for the one thing. It's like, wow, where did this yoga come from? (laughs) What an innovation. And then still stereotyping. Yeah. South Asian people. It's it's a problem. Whereas it's like no, they 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 the OGs. Right. <laughs> this billion dollar industry. This huge thing that you love that you say is redefining who you are came from somewhere else. Yeah. That you probably have no time for and couldn't even find on a map. You know, I want to say most people could find India on a map, but I've watched a lot of results of studies of hey place this country on a map and turns out an awful lot of people are really terrible at geography so i think you're right did you know i can name every country in the world but can you place every one of them correctly on the map i can get most of them okay i'll show you after sure (laughs) i remember there was a great little bit on the animaniacs where was it yakko he did. He had a song for all the countries in the world. Now, of course, it's out of date. A bunch of these countries have ceased to exist since. Or changed their names. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, but that, <laughs> everyone's like, "Is it the Animaniacs?" And I was like, "No, I use a map, and I can go through." <laughs> anyway, I digress. So I found this uh, this quote 
kind of to reinforce this idea that we've just pulled out all the Hinduism from yoga from a website called, I'm almost scared they're going to like add us, um, <laughs> from yogaclicks.com, which is an incredibly, they have a shop, a incredibly commercial yoga site, and the lady behind it is an upper middle class white woman. <laughs> And she writes, both Buddhists and Hindus chant the sacred mantra Om during their meditation. Om is said to echo the sound of harmony in the universe. You can chant Om Haur without being part of a religion, as the mantra isn't necessarily religious, but more about feeling connected to other people. And when I was reading sites like HinduAmerica.com, they said, no, Om is incredibly sacred. Mm -hmm. But if you want to totally divorce it from its origins you can say whatever you want you can be wrong <laughs> absolutely and that's that i wrote my sassy comment in the notes it says i can also eat a eucharist cross myself bow towards mecca and separate my milk and dairy but i think those groups would probably find it a little bit offensive for me to just do that frivolously right i mean there was a while i mean i'm sure it still happens but like there were kids feeding Eucharist to pigeons on YouTube and like the Catholics were outraged, but you could go, you know, it's not necessarily religious. It's just a cracker. Mm -hmm. If mass hasn't been performed, it's literally just if transubstantiation hasn't happened, it's just a cracker. So, <laughs> right. So that's kind of where I was like, that's not a, <laughs> right and we're thoughts? doing the same thing to yoga absolutely that's what i mean that's this lady's comment is exactly yeah. that i was like that's not very nice mm -hmm. i didn't find it very nice yeah again reading the other side from hindus where yoga comes from saying no om is a very sacred chant yeah so there's a lot to yoga the main goal uh, which is associated with Shiva, escaping the cycle of reincarnation by neutralizing your connection to karma and the physical realm and eventually reuniting with the divine, that good old Brahma. And I mean, I guess it makes sense. You're probably, if you're achieving the goal of yoga, that is probably closest to nirvana you can be in your physical body. So it's like practicing. Yeah, exactly. And religions other than Hinduism, have some interesting relationships with yoga. Uh, yoga is hugely important to Jainism, which makes sense since they've been sharing space in India for about 3,000 years. And Buddhist traditions usually include yoga as well for the same reason. And it's also, you know, an offshoot from Hinduism, as we've discussed before. So this idea of release from the reincarnation cycle still important yeah because that's prominent in both and actually i mean as a i guess like a third party meditation is very important like i'd say mm -hmm. meditation is more important in buddhism mm -hmm. than even yoga but the proper air quotes yoga is this elevated meditation so exactly i'd probably say buddhist meditation is sort of the unblemished version of what sure. we're looking at. Uh, what I thought was really interesting, though, is about a thousand years ago, a Persian scholar introduced yoga into Islam. Had uh, a hard time getting that actually accomplished. It was rejected by Sunni and Shia Muslims, but it did manage to actually become popular among some of the smaller minority sects. And Sufi tradition actually has incorporated yoga, which Makes I sense. think is an interesting thing. Unfortunately, 2004, well, I say unfortunately, mixed feelings, fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it depends on your perspective. Yeah. I think it's interesting, and I don't fully agree with the choice, but in 2004, a fatwa from an Egyptian authority banned yoga because of its Hindu elements. The same thing happened in Malaysia in 2008, and again in Indonesia in 2009. So a lot of these Muslim authorities are saying, hey, yoga is bad. It's blasphemy because it's very anti-Muslim in Hindu, their opinion. Right? It's a different religion. They're exactly. monotheistic. This yeah. is where we get this really weird gray area. And I've, I've mentioned it twice now, but the, the school banning specifically, and it's happened elsewhere in the state, but very recently Alabama banned yoga in schools because it's 
religious and separation of church and state. So it's a really weird gray area. Right. Because part of me goes, what's wrong with doing it? (laughs) But then I also understand where, you know, HinduAmerica.com says you're doing it wrong. So I don't (laughs) know. Right. Did you want to get more into that now or hold off on later? Well, we're going to talk about more people banning yoga first. Perfect. (laughs) All right. And... Christianity has a an interesting relationship with yoga. Well, even this more. is part of the, I'm sure, some part of the underlying undercurrent of the Alabama, a oh, very sure. Christian for Bible sure. Belt state, um, Christian banning of, right? Like this is where they care about the separation of church and state is when it's Hinduism. Well, nobody ever says, "Hey, separate my religion from the state." It's always, "Hey." Separate your religion from, from my state. state. Totally. Absolutely. Because <laughs> people are deeply selfish almost all of the time. Wow, Preston, <laughs> I'm glad you have such a positive outlook on the world. <laughs> people are frustrating, and COVID is all the evidence I need to back up my <laughs> corner here. <laughs> Remember, the full tradition of yoga is associated with Shiva. So it is reasonable to say that practicing yoga properly is an act of worshiping Shiva. And if you're familiar with any Christians, you're familiar with people who half-ass their worship. (laughs) If we half-ass yoga, we might still be half-ass worshiping Shiva. (laughs) uh, It was funny. We, on our Instagram just the other day, we talked about the Hindu celebration celebrating the god Durga. Mm -hmm. Goddess, I think it's a goddess Durga. And the same day on Instagram, I saw a reel of someone doing a yoga thing. <laughs> a pose? Not that was a, a sequence, excuse me. That's okay. a yoga sequence, a sequence in honor of the goddess Durga. And I was like, how is this not full-blown Hinduism? Like, does this person, it was, again, it was a middle-aged white lady. Like, does she know? One would hope that she is aware that it's full-on Hinduism if she's doing a thing that's in honor dedicated of a, to Durga. I, but but I'd just be <laughs> curious, like, if you message her, comment, are you Hindu, what would she say? I probably should have done that for I think you should have. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Opportunity missed. I'm sorry. I'll go back. I thought it was really interesting to learn that the Vatican is also very specifically not fond of yoga. What? No, the Vatican not liking something? (laughs) Uh, They kill all the fun unless you go into the secret rooms late at night. Oh, dear. (laughs) Which hopefully Uh, we'll find out more on in another episode. Right? (laughs) So in 1989, so a good little while ago, this is the year I was born, the... Pope released this document, or the Vatican released it. Uh, it's called Orationes Formas. Uh, it's also commonly called Aspects of Christian Meditation. And it specifically opposes yoga as self-centered and says that the good feelings you get from yoga and other exercises are pretty much like masturbation, that you'd be better, you would be a better Christian if you only got good feelings from serving others. I didn't just say they don't like anything fun. (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine only getting good feelings from serving others? No video games. I don't know. No board games. You can go through life saying that no reading. Any good thing that you feel doing something solo is bad. No television. No sports. (laughs) Wow. It's rough, but yeah. that's that's their stance. And in 2003, they released a 90-page booklet. I'll call that a book. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> but substantial. officially, it's a 90-page booklet. That's <laughs> and it outlines all the ways that New Age practices are absolutely antithetical to Christianity, including yoga and crystal healing and geomancy, feng shui, and even meditation made it onto the list and i thought that was surprising because when i was going to a catholic college meditation was actually an important process in prayer and scripture study so it was weird to see meditation on this list 
What's the definition of new age? Because when it's older than Christianity, does that actually count as new age? <laughs> I don't, I genuinely do not know what falls under the new age umbrella. That's you know, a real question. I'm, I'm not sure either. Should we give that a look up? Yeah, let's quick? do a quick Google, but it just seems weird to be like, we're just throwing out this label. No new quick. age practices, and it's 2,000 years, 3,000 years older than Christianity. Like, that's not a little bit older. That's a lot older. So, from a quick Googling, New Age is a range of spiritual or religious practices and beliefs which rapidly grew in the Western world during the counterculture movement of late 60s and 70s. So, Satanism is New Age. I guess. (laughs) Although analytically often considered to be religious, those involved in it typically prefer the designation of spiritual or mind-body-spirit and rarely use the term New Age themselves. That's more of a bookstore heading kind of thing. Near almost derogatory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see that, yeah. So seeing the Vatican throw out the word New Age and then kind of talk a little bit of nonsense... Isn't that surprising? <laughs> oh, well, here we are. <laughs> All right. Something but, about the physical aspect. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're worried about how yoga focuses on the physical aspects of meditation. And it's like, I think, focusing aspect, focusing on the physical aspects of prayer, which... Seems kind of weird because uh, an awful lot of Christians are really worried about the physical aspects of prayer. <laughs> you know, the whole cross yourself or... Um, Kneel. Yeah, how, your posture, whether you're kneeling or standing, whether your hands are together or your arms are folded or your fingers are crossed over. Or uh, some people put a lot of thought into that. So, is it that weird? <laughs> I mean, in Catholics especially, there's the whole stand up, sit down, kneel mm-hmm, for process. Sure. Whole- yeah. And I guess what, what, what they said was that they're worried about how all of this could result in the cult of the body, which, considering how the average Christian talks about sex, that's already an issue. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I thought it was actually really interesting. Uh, and I haven't even brought it up yet. The word yoga means yoke, uh, like a binding harness that helps bring workers together. So it's kind of weird that a lot of Christians are offended by this idea as though it can't possibly have any safe overlap with the idea of sharing a yoke with Christ, but it can. (laughs) Elaborate. Well, if you're For a non-Christian, if you're unifying yourself with the the spirit of the universe and bringing yourself to be at peace with your situation in present, would that not be a thing that you could use to help align yourself with Christ, Christ as well? Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that they talk about the cult of the body when yoga is about, again, traditionally about releasing yourself from your worldly possession, <laughs> abandoning your body. abandoning your body, so you can stop being reincarnated. And joining Brahma as a spirit. Yeah. So, as we found looking at a lot of different religious polemics, it's really easy to build up what we like to call a straw man. (laughs) Something that's a serious misrepresentation of what's actually going on to really paint them as villains. Yeah. (laughs) Praisemoves.com, a Christian alternative to yoga, which is basically just yoga with a different explanation, (laughs) says that yoga is the missionary arm of New Age spirituality. Many Christians have been drawn into mystical, philosophical, and religious systems clearly disguised. Praisemoves.com, a Christian alternative to yoga, slash just yoga with a different explanation, (laughs) says yoga is the missionary arm of New Age spirituality. Many Christians have been drawn into New Age spirituality and metaphysics through the doors of yoga and Tai Chi. <laughs> I love that. Both are mystical, philosophical, and religious systems cleverly disguised as just exercise. <laughs> That's italicized. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, 
it's so weird to me that the person who wrote this thinks that somebody's using yoga as a missionary tool. Well, and again, like, <laughs> it's just this weird dichotomy that is yoga. It's like, but I'd say probably 80% of people who do yoga don't realize it's religious. Right. Like, we have, like, they're saying it's this problem, but it's, like, actually the opposite. And it's still a problem. Opposite problem. Yeah. I've I've never even heard of anybody accusing Hindus of being a a proselytizing tradition. I mean, I've, it's not like everyone after a yoga class is like, let's go to the temple right? or ashram. <laughs> like, I've never, I've never, yeah, there's never been any, and again, this is like Western yoga where you go to the gym and take a class, but there's never been any evangelizing or theological right? discussions afterwards. <laughs> I'd be into one. I'd be, yeah, if there's like a legit Hindu yogi that will, I'd go to that. As long as he knows I'm going just out of pure curiosity. Right. Most people are if you're upfront about it. Right. And it's it's such a weird thing to say that all of this is about tricking you into joining their religion. But let's say they're half right. That there is a little bit of trying to push a new worldview onto the people who come to these classes. Is it really a bad thing if people start being a little bit more interested in their spiritual energy? However you define that. Again, like, (laughs) it kind of goes back to you saying, you know, it can just help you be one with Jesus if that's your belief. Like, it's all the same thing. This is where... You know, I've always found religions funny that after at some point they all just seem the same. <laughs> and this is one of those instances. Did you know Christian yoga was founded by a Hindu leader? A.K. Mozamdar? Uh, I, I didn't until I found it uh, listed on, on praisemoves.com, which, I mean, that may be true. I didn't go and, and double check. But praisemoves.com said a a bunch of really interesting things about yoga. And I thought I would share some of those with you. (laughs) Yes, please. Um, It's funny that, so immediately after pointing out this Mozundar fella, the the creator of Praise Moves, which is the the Christian alternative to yoga. (laughs) Wow. uh, They come out right and say Christian yoga is yoga. It's still yoga, even if you are saying it's Christian. Saying this on the same site where they're <laughs> saying, saying don't do our, yoga. Yeah. Our praise moves, which is yoga, is not yoga, yoga but, but it is, is yoga. <laughs> <laughs> it, and go on to say, we cannot combine religion, Hinduism, with a relationship, knowing Jesus as Lord. Problem number one with that. All worship combines religion with relationship, without exception. <laughs> yes. So, crackpots are easy to to shoot down, I guess. <laughs> I don't see any difference between praise moves and Christian yoga. None at all. I went looking. <laughs> oh, dear. The difference, I guess, is that, um, and I had to think real hard to, to, to call this a difference, is that these praise moves <laughs> are orchestrated or led, because they're not different than yoga, they're led by a Christian who claims to be a faithful Christian, or maybe just a crackpot, instead of being led by a real-life, maybe liberal, Hindu yogi. <laughs> wow, we should do some praise moves. We should do a praise move session on Discord. <laughs> we could do that. that would be fun. Uh, it's just, it's so weird. Uh, I hate this next quote from, from that website. <laughs> like, I hate it. <laughs> and I hope you hate it, too, knowing what we've talked about. It says, yoga is a highly sensual in nature and opens the doors to focus on feelings more than on faith 
<laughs> so what's wrong with that, Preston? Uh, well, I think that can be true for anybody and everybody who practices a bastardized Western yoga. <laughs> Fair. That it would be more about feelings than faith. Sure. But there are also so many opportunities for faithful people to focus on their faith in a day, including during quiet moments available in yoga classes. <laughs> I don't know much about yoga, but I bet you it's not a super loud environment. It's not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you do have more experience here than I do. So it's just, I don't know. It's weird. If you're not thinking about or aware of how an exercise feels, what are you doing? Probably injuring yourself. (laughs) 100%. As someone who has done yoga not very well, but also danced, if you're not paying attention, you get hurt. Fuck yourself up. (laughs) Shit. Why does this just get weirder the more we... (sighs) (laughs) So maybe focusing on your feelings is... A thing you should do sometimes. (laughs) You can't spend your whole life focused on your faith or you're not going to be terribly engaged in practicing the actions required by that faith. So you got to balance your life out a little bit. (laughs) You know what creates great balance in life? What's that? Yoga. (laughs) Maybe creates great balance in my body. It might help balance my life. If you did real yoga, it would probably help balance your life too. More than fake Western yoga. More than fake Western <laughs> yoga. A hundred percent. Yeah. I th- so as I was going through praise moves, I thought it really interesting that the founder of praise moves was so offended by the practice of breath manipulation and the corpse pose in yoga, which she had lots of experience with. She, apparently she was really involved with yoga yoga. And by yoga, yoga, I mean Western yoga <laughs> uh, for uh, many years, many years. And then before one she day she realized change. she was wrong. She, she got more Found committed God. to Christ. Okay. Yeah. But still loved yoga because it was great. Exactly. Or asana. But she was so offended by breath manipulation and the corpse pose in yoga that she decided to incorporate them into her praise moves. Oh, okay. But made sure to include reading passages of scripture and devotionals from trusted Christian leaders so that it wasn't Hindu yoga. It was now a very forced Christian yoga. (laughs) I don't understand. Okay, so I, like, understand... I don't understand, but I understand the <laughs> the breath manipulations because they just think everything is sexual. I guess. They, like, I don't. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm there. I don't get it, but I'm there. Um, but that's just actually science. Right? Like, <laughs> I haven't looked into anything scholarly on yoga, but, like, you can go to the gym and go on a cardio machine Mm-hmm. And take a few deep breaths and watch your heart rate drop. Yeah. Like, that's not hard to know that that is actually just science. Right. <laughs> well, and if you're actually going to lose weight, the vast majority of the weight you lose comes out in your breath. As you burn the energy that you're storing in your body, um, you're releasing carbon dioxide. I guess so. And that's the bulk of your weight loss. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, for for a while as a kid, I thought, oh, yeah, I'll just poop it out. <laughs> no, nah, most of your poop is bacteria. Oh, wow. <laughs> this took a turn. Right? Uh-huh. But if you're really going to be losing massive amounts like of weight. It's so great for weight loss. Yeah. Okay. Cardio is great for weight loss because it makes you breathe that out. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of nifty. Yeah. So, again, like, I, like I'm there with her. But it doesn't make sense because, again, <laughs> it's just science. Breath manipulation is of the devil. That's, that's <laughs> it's a weird position it to hold. It is a weird position to hold. Praise like, move says a lot of weird things. <laughs> even, even when you're not doing yoga, there will be times in your life when you manipulate your breathing. For sure. So are you sinning? <laughs> Many times. Uh, I'm yeah, curious. Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna play 
the advocate on this one and say, depending on why you're manipulating your breath, you could be deliberately deceptive and therefore sinning. Okay. Fair. <laughs> wow. Okay. But that's about it for that one. <laughs> if you get caught doing yoga, Preston, you might cause others to lose their faith or misunderstand yours. <sighs> yeah, that was a really weird thing to read on that page. Wait, um, so this is don't get caught doing praise moves because people think you're a Hindu? No, okay. that's that's the way I interpret yeah, that's all the way of I that. Read that. But their position on their website is that if you as a as a Christian or even any non-Hindu get caught doing yoga, people are going to think either that you're a Hindu or that they get to now believe something weird and nefarious about your faith, <laughs> which is obviously problematic because you're still peddling this weird copy of yoga. You really think that a casual passerby is going to notice the difference between that and yoga if they don't stick around to listen to the sermon? <laughs> I don't think this is the same argument you think it is. <laughs> no, this is a wild argument. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're also strongly opposed to doing yoga in cemeteries. Is that common? I don't know how common cemetery yoga is, but there's probably a few reasons why people do it. I think the best agreeable reason is that cemeteries tend to be quiet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have no problem with people doing yoga in cemeteries, but I can't imagine it's so common that you need to create a rule for it. That's <laughs> right. kind of what I mean. Like, again, yeah, it's basically a rocky park. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't mean that in a people do yoga in cemeteries, clutching my pearls sort of way. But, like, I just can't imagine it's such a problem that right? you need to say it. Yeah, if you want to do it on, out in the dog park. And you got your butt in the air doing your downward dog, you're going to get sniffed by a dog. There's a lot less dogs, a lot fewer dogs in the cemetery. A lot fewer people. Well, no, there's a lot of people in cemeteries. But they're not going around sniffing butts. No, they're not going to interrupt you. <laughs> That's just weird. Right? It's a weird rule to have. Huh. <laughs> All right. Let's go so, back to Alabama. Yeah, we're here we are, kind of, we've talked about what yoga is and what it isn't and some of the objections. So, again, the state of Alabama banned yoga in schools fairly recently, probably four or five months ago, on the basis of it is a religious practice and we have to separate church and state. And even when the article came out, I really didn't know how to feel about it because right. I know it is, you know, deeply rooted in Hinduism. So yeah, I'd probably classify it as religious. But again, it also just felt like this anti-South Asian <laughs> sentiment. It feels like it. So yeah, I, I don't know how to feel. I have mixed feelings. I guess, I mean, yeah. On the one hand, encouraging a physical activity absolutely necessary in school. For physical education, you got to be moving. Hopefully get the kids that need to lose weight to lose some weight and encouraging team sports is hugely helpful for mental development for kids. So I get that yoga is not a team sport. I don't think it's super helpful in uh, quick results for weight loss, but it's a good physical activity. I was going to say as someone who hated the team sports <laughs> aspect, it was great when we got to do the yoga one. Sure. And then there's also the studies that show yoga is great for improved focus. Mm -hmm. um, so I can see how that's beneficial in the schools. And right. just general mindfulness, especially when you're an angsty, hormone-riddled teenager. <laughs> um, so, yes, I, I think there's physical positives to it that are beneficial in schools. Right. That aren't stupid soccer or volleyball when you're... 14-year-old Katie. Right. And basketball. <laughs> basketball. Uh. Yeah. So that aspect of it, I have positive thoughts on. However, doing that completely divorced from the very religious context that it's meant to be attached to is doing a disservice. And don't love that. 
However, coming at it the exact backwards way around that I still think is pretty valid, a decent reason to consider banning it is the idea that if you're going to teach the religious aspects of yoga and then say, hey, now y'all have to practice this in school, you're now saying we're going to practice this religion in school. And that's not a thing that should be encouraged. Yeah. So the the stance I sort of found on, on I think it was the HinduAmerica.com or .org website specifically, but kind of across the board is that if it's the asana-based study, so asana being the physical postures, it's kosher and kind of keeping religious out of schools rule because we've distilled yoga so far from that from its Hindu roots uh, that even most Hindus don't believe that asana only is religious. Right. And then, as you said, the if we teach yoga yoga, real yoga, then we are crossing that religious line in schools. But in the case of Alabama, I'm pretty sure it wasn't actual yoga. It was the asana movement. For sure. Yeah, they were definitely talking about banning the not very Hindu anymore yoga. And that feels weird. Yeah, again, it kind of comes back to like, here's this amazing gift from India that we're A, not acknowledging how awesome. But yeah, it's like, we know it's awesome, but not here. Right. Because it came from a different country. <laughs> and so, yeah, it just feels like super racist, honestly. A little bit. It's like, being like, we're not going to play. I'm trying to think of a game that came from another country. <laughs> Most of them. <laughs> Basketball's sure. Canadian. Lacrosse is Canadian. What hockey's Canadian? What else? What did we not invent? Um, uh, we didn't invent Monopoly. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking of sport, but okay. A soccer. Okay. Yeah, we we're not going to play soccer because it's. Well, I don't even know where soccer's from. I, <laughs> I think South know. America. Originally. Uh, I have no idea where soccer's originally from. I'm not Googling. It's, it's the number one sport everywhere. Yeah, so it's here. hard to know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, but that's like saying we're not going to play soccer because it's from not America. Right. Weird. That's what it feels like to me. So I guess my final but probably wavering thoughts <laughs> are is that I don't think you shouldn't practice yoga. But I think we've done a huge disservice to literally everyone. So that's yoga practitioners. Actual yogis. Actual yogis. Hindus. India. These, you know, these middle-aged white women uh, by whitewashing and saying it's not an aspect of religion. I think it's just one of these ways we've been able to kind of stay in our beliefs you know what i mean instead of being like no that belief is really cool and i like it i'm gonna respect it and appreciate it we've just kind of go oh that's not even a thing and i don't like that i think it keeps us closed-minded when we have this great opportunity to be open-minded right Uh, it's just it's kind of weird that with the exception of the temple of doom which came out in what the 80s indiana jones and the temple of doom with the exception of that It's just really weird that we see yoga practice adopted by people that don't actually know anything else about Hinduism. (laughs) Not that the Temple of Doom is a great example of Hinduism, (laughs) but some people will make that association as, oh, this is a normal thing for them. And apart from that, yoga is the only thing most people know. And yet they still want to separate yoga from the religion and then practice yoga as though it's not religious. It just feels really weird to me. <laughs> it, this is going to sound, I feel like this is going to sound so childish, but it feels really rude. Right? <laughs> like, that's the best way I can put it. That feels really rude. It's like when you see somebody that you know isn't a Christian wearing a crucifix. Like, not just a cross, but like a crucifix. That's super weird. <laughs> right? <laughs> It's like me just nominating a Eucharist because I want to. I don't do that. I just need to clarify, right? But it's there's just like cheaper crackers. There's cheaper crackers, uh, and so much less less praying. 
right? Uh, <laughs> but right, it's just like at the end of the day, it just feels weird. And again, it's this great opportunity to learn something about someone else in a different culture and a different religion. Mm-hmm. And it's like people are just burying their heads in the sand and going, no, it's fine. I'm just going to bend. Right. Well, and then you have, relatively speaking, a small number of people, but there are some people who will identify as Hindu because of their practice of yoga, simply because they are otherwise in a religious vacuum. So it's like, my only religious thing is doing yoga. I do it every Tuesday. So that's my religious practice. And, I mean, does that make them Hindu? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) Now we're getting into identity. That's a different episode. Identity is tricky. And self-identifying, you can do it wrong. (laughs) But then that gets into belief. Part of me goes, if that's what you say you are, then that's what you are, even if you're doing right. it wrong. Right. But okay, it's so I'm not going to start another episode now. <laughs> right. But really, the ultimate goal of religious yoga is calming the mind and gaining insight to relieve suffering. And really, how important are the other details? Is it really incompatible with any other religion? I don't think so. And I mean, that's always what Hindu has been so good at is... I mean, honestly, it's been good at absorbing other religions, but it is congruent with other religions yeah. if you allow it to be. Right. And unless, of course, um, you're Teresa of Calcutta. <laughs> that bitch. Uh, she would definitely hate yoga and especially this idea of relieving suffering since, you know, she wanted more people to suffer more, more of the time. So that sucked. <laughs> uh, but... That's not everybody. That's just Teresa just of Calcutta and the people our, who agree with her. Our least favorite saint. Uh, so my final word on this is, sure, practice yoga, even if you're Christian, but don't pretend that it's not Hindu. It's pretty sto- pretty solid. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us on this slightly tricky topic of yoga. <laughs> Uh, I've learned a fair bit because I didn't know a lot about yoga before preparing for this. But it's been good. Good. <laughs> and we're learning right along with you. If you want to keep these awesome episodes going, we would always appreciate your support. You can check us out on Patreon for, to pay a small monthly fee to keep us going. Or if the subscription model is not your preferred method, we do have our merch store at on Spreadshirt. So you can check us out and do a one-time merch purchase. Both help us profusely. Check us out on Discord. Join the conversation. And we always want to hear from you guys. So thanks for joining us. Peace be with you. By the late Middle Ages, the Christian prophecies have fulfilled itself.